Nearly 12 years ago, in November 2010, Auckland became a super city. Uh, the region's seven city and district councils and the regional authority, they morphed into one super council or super city with a single mayor. Wellington never followed suit, despite efforts over the years to merge the region's nine councils into a single entity of its own. Now, however, the idea of a Wellington super city is back on the table, courtesy of the Wellington Chamber of Commerce. And the Chamber's Chief Executive, Simon Arcus, is with us. Kia ora, good evening, Simon. Kia ora, good evening, Karen. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Um, you've put out a pre-election report that calls for this amalgamation. Firstly, just who is this report aimed at? Look, the report is us working with 50 businesses and business leaders uh, to come up with recommendations for the new council uh, and to inform the debate uh, that's coming up in our local body elections. So we see it as very important in terms of trying to help contribute in a pragmatic way. So this is the first report you've done of this nature? We do do a typical report uh, with what we call a manifesto. This year it's a little different because we've really gone back to our stakeholders and asked them for their views particularly before we formulated our own. I see. So there are eight councils in the region. Let's just quickly recap for those outside of Wellington what they are. There's Wellington City, Parirua City, Hutt City, Upper Hutt City. Then there's Kapiti Coast District Council, South Wairarapa District Council, Carterton and Masterton District Councils and the Wellington Regional Council. So you'd like to see the nine of them under one roof. Look, I think that's the aim, uh, and look, there's some pretty pragmatic reasons why um, that, we've come, that we've come up with talking to our stakeholders too, Karen. What are they? Well, what's changed in perhaps the 10 years since this debate's been going on is that some of the major big issues for people, housing, infrastructure, sustainability and transport, have become increasingly regional issues. Um, take housing, for example. You have uh, now people that increasingly, because of the cost of living in central Wellington, have bought places in the hut. They travel a lot more. Um, the the city's more connected. So there's that sort of pragmatic change probably in the way we're living. But second also, uh, the experience of the super city in Auckland, while imperfect, has shown us that it is important uh, to have a strong voice with government and a united region will have a better chance of a stronger voice in dealing with government. Well, you don't think the eight councils in Wellington do have a strong voice with government? Look, there's, there's no doubt that the, not only the economic efficiencies that would be gained, but also the fact that you've got a larger body of people, a larger bid for things like transport uh, and housing initiatives has got to be beneficial when you're dealing with central government. And we see that because Auckland government has huge sway now with central government. Well, you say that the city's leadership, and I guess you're assuming the, the Wellington City Council has been complacent for too long. So what aspect of their leadership are you referring to? Look, I think one of the things that we've learned just from the way in which we, the city is approached now is that it's artificial to have a boundary for Wellington City at the heart when we know the way that people are living. So we think that look, when you make, for example, major transport changes in Wellington, what the Hutt City and what the Hutt City Council tells us is that impacts them. It does. Ch if you've changed the roading, you change the roading up and more the joined up thinking in the sense that it's got to just be more regional in the solution. You specifically note that the capital needs its own version of Auckland transport. So, so what's going on with transport in the region? Is it all just disparate? They don't link up? It is difficult to link it up, and also you've got to look at cost. 
when you're talking about at least a $7.7 billion commitment by 200,000 ratepayers in Wellington, and that's, that's uh, residential ratepayers as well, the issue there is that's a very large expense. Now, if we think about transport as a more joined-up solution throughout the region, we get economies of scale, we get a much, much more planned approach to how the future of transport might look, where people are living and how we will approach it. Well, Simon, any Aucklander listening to this will know it didn't come without some pain for Auckland. It's a huge undertaking at every level. Do you think Wellington's up for it? You've got a lot of things going on at the moment. Yeah. Look, it's a great question, Karen. I think ultimately in the long run we'll say, thank goodness we did it. Of course, there's speed bumps along the way with these sorts of things. There are challenges. But I do think that in the end, um, if we have now a much more regional view of things, and take sustainability, for example, you know, um, we can't just solve uh, the environmental problems of the capital in a very small way. It's a regional issue. Um, Same with transport, same with housing, same with infrastructure. So I think in the long run, um, the solutions and the outcomes are going to be better. And have you canvassed the public? This idea was scrapped in 2015 because local government commission, the local government commission said there was a lack of public support. So what makes you think that anything's changed? Look, my job's to speak to business, and this is what business has told us. But one of the things you are going to find um, with an enormous uh, rate increase coming into in the future, particularly in central Wellington, are questions from Wellington ratepayers, I think both commercial and residential, saying, well, how are we going to pay for this? And when will the rates stop rising uh, at such a steep rate? And ultimately, the economics, better economic solution is a regional one. Well, how long is that going to take, though, until anyone sees this actually working for them economically? Look, I think what you've got to, what you've got to say is that let's begin the process, um, and uh, the sooner the better. But but how long might it take? You know, what's your vision here? Are we looking a decade, 20 years down the track? Is it going to be great in 2070? Look, I think there's two solutions, and uh, and I don't, of course, have a crystal ball. You want it done efficiently. You want it done effectively. So you want it done at pace in a sensible way. But um, the other thing here is, you know, the one of the things the businesses tell us is it isn't just about getting local bodies together. And if it was... If it was that, they may some may even balk at it. But the big issue is, what about those big, hairy issues? And again, transport, infrastructure, housing and sustainability. How are we going to solve them smartly as a city? Uh, and there are decades, in fact, hundreds of years with the implications there for people living long beyond us. Well, it's all very well for the Chamber of Commerce to suggest this, but I think it all does come down to show me the money, you know. So that's going to be the, the, the yay or the nay, isn't it? How much it's going to cost? There's, I think there's no question that um, the implications for rates and, and how much uh, it's going to impact things like transport are really, really important. What business sees is absolute economic efficiencies. Uh, nine councils, nine separate systems cannot be as efficient as a large system that's administered well. Well, so this goes to Wellington City Council, a pre-election report. Uh, it might just sit on the desk and, and that's it. I'll have a look at it and say, yeah, well, no, not now, sorry. Not aimed at the council, aimed at the candidates for the council, and that's important. And look, we've been talking to them uh, about the report. We've been getting them interested. I can certainly say that this kind of thing kind of new thinking, some fresh thinking around this um, is what they're welcoming because they recognise it's worth exploring. 
And, well, we're 12 years on, and uh, I think the, the, the major pain's over, although some people still very much complain about it being a super city and what they've lost because of it. Uh, but it didn't take that long, really, all things considered. I, t- I tend to agree. And, look, the other thing is it doesn't take away. In fact, I think it needs to preserve things like the unique um, the, the unique kind of character of certain parts of, of the city and what we notice is places like... Devonport um, aren't derogated from their relationship with Remuera just because they're in one large super city. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it is time to have another look at it. Uh, there are efficiencies to be gained, but uh, let, let's hope that uh, let's hope we can do it efficiently. Yes, the, the point being that there still are local boards in those no areas. Local, no doubt, local representation is something to take into account, and I, I'm not, um, you know, I, I certainly am not saying that. Um, that Auckland's got the perfect solution either. Uh, but business is saying, given some of the wicked problems, the cost of housing and other things in this region, we must take another look at ways in which to help people into housing, to help people with sustainability, to attract talent and to make sure our transport is as good as any other. And cut down council staff. <laughs> Wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't <laughs> hurt, Kim. OK, what else is in this report, Simon? This can't be the only thing that's in it. Absolutely not. In fact, it's quite a small part of it in a sense. Really, one of the things that business wants is a better relationship with with the council. We're talking about a really pragmatic um, set of recommendations that that we intend to be really robust and helpful. So we talk about appointing, for example, a true business liaison person within the council. We talk about asking council to create a state of business report each year to show where the investment went in business, looking at uh, city precinct work, uh, which is really important, uh, city safety, whole lot of issues. Um, and a lot of that actually tracks back, if I'm talking about two things that are really big here, accountability is one, so making sure we know where the highest rates in the country proportionately are being spent, and that's what business is paying. But second, talent. How do we make sure it's a great city to attract talent to? And that's hugely important to business um, right now, of course, with labour issues as they are in the country. And just quickly while you're there, uh, how was it today in the city with the protest? Well, thank you for asking. And, you know, it was, let's put it this way, very different from the last one. Uh, Things dissipated pretty quickly. There was a little bit of trepidation from from people generally in the city um, leading up to it, and particularly those retailers around the Parliament area. But look, general general um, impression as I walked around today, it was pretty quiet in the shops, but it was certainly um, certainly a, a much better behaved group than we had last time, anticipated peacefully, having made their point, which was uh, I think a win for everyone. Yeah, and, and all businesses open. <laughs> All businesses open. I don't think they would have had the best, best takings of the year, that's for sure. But um, but at least there wasn't the uh, aggression or any of the difficulty that we had last time, which people actually were quite frightened by. Yeah, absolutely. Simon, thanks for joining us tonight. Karen, thank you so much for making the time. That's Simon Arcus, who's the Chief Executive of the Wellington Chamber of Commerce.